Shout it. Come on, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Let's make the devil mad one more time. Come on, give God your best praise in here. Praise God. Thank you, music department. Find one or two people today. Love on them. Speak life into them. And then you can be seated. Just one or two. Excellent job, music department. While you're being seated, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to read verses 13 and 14 out of the Amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we'll read 13 and 14 out of the Amplified Bible. Paul, ending his first letter to the church at Corinth, he ends it by speaking specifically to the men. Do we have any men in the building this morning? And he has some very strong words to say to them. I believe words that are foundational words for all men. And he says in the Amplified Version, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, he says, be on guard. See, always pay attention. Stand firm in your faith. Don't let anything get you off of what you believe. In God, respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound. Act like mature men. And be courageous and be strong. So a mature man is courageous and he's strong. Let everything you do be done in love, motivated and inspired by God's love for us. And so we're ministering on the subject of the blueprint. We started this on Father's Day, and because it was Father's Day, I cut it short so everyone can get home and enjoy their fathers. But it's really important information, not just for men, but for women as well. And so we titled it The Blueprint because really what the Bible is is a blueprint. When you understand the definition of blueprint, it is a design plan or other technical drawing. It is a model to follow. And, of course, we're rebuilding our home that we will be in within 90 days. Glory to God. Somebody ought to shout for that. And so at the beginning, we had to meet with architects and come up with drawings and create what was called a, a blueprint. And then that blueprint had to be certified and stamped. I mean, once it's certified and stamped, it cannot be altered. Then at the completion of the building, right, for us to get an occupancy permit, then they have to come out with the blueprints and make sure that the building looks exactly like the blueprints or you won't get an occupancy to, to use the building. Well, how I many you know what God is coming back for is the blueprint that he left? Come on, and he stamped us with the Holy Spirit. He stamped us with the blood. He stamped us with Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to live on, it, on the inside of us. And so we are capable of walking out and modeling the blueprint that he left for us as long as we don't let the world snatch it out of us. So let's go back through this. If you're looking today on any of our uh, live stream platforms, the best way to follow us, if you're in this building, I first want to welcome you. Go to your YouVersion Bible app. The outline and the notes are right there. You can add additional notes. Go to the event section. Click on, click on Linked Up Church, and then just follow right along so you don't miss this. My whole goal here is to make sure male and female, you never go through life saying you didn't know. That's all I can do is make sure that if you're sitting in this room or watching online, you can never say no one told you. Now, let's go back to our introduction. I just want to go through these really quickly. You can put them up on the screen. Uh, really, three points in our introduction. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verse 13, first point, Paul commands the Corinthians to be brave, New King James Version. But I want to show you other ways that it's translated. It's translated letter A, to quit you like men. That is the ASV in the King James Version. Uh, letter B, act like men. That's the ESV and the NASB. So we can always tell a young male, right, act like a man, be a man. But how many of we also got to show him what that looks like? It's one thing to tell him, it's a whole nother thing to show him, right? And then the letter C here is be courageous. 
or be men of courage. Be courageous is the NRSV. Be men of courage is the NIV. Some point, young men got to understand that, that, man, keeping your zipper zipped up is being a man. And it needs a strong male to tell him that and that lives that in front of him so he can see the difference between what everyone else out there is doing and what a real man does. I need a stronger amen in this place today. The Greek word here, number two, is adrazomai. And it is defined by Thayer's Bible Dictionary this way. Letter A, to make a man of or to make brave. So notice a man has to be made, right? We're all born male, but you have to be made man. And there are a lot of 40, 50, 60-year-olds still haven't become a man yet because it was never required of them, and then they never required it of themselves, right? And so to make a man of or to make brave and then be here to show oneself a man or to be brave. So this can be seen. This person doesn't have to go around beating his chest, telling everybody, I'm a man, I'm the man of the house. He doesn't need to do that because it shows up in his behavior, not in his words. We talked about it, but I want to go back through it. For this study, number three, we're going to focus on the ideal of knowing what a model man looks like. We're looking at five areas. The Bible gives us a biblical blueprint, five areas. Number one, the model example of singleness. We looked at letter A, Timothy, who was single. Paul encouraged him not to despise his youth, but be an example, be a pattern for the other believers in word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity. Nowhere in here be an example on how many girls you can get, how many girls you can sleep with, how many phone numbers you can get. Come on, folks, the streets are lying to our kids, and they need men to tell them the truth. But be an example in purity. We need to be telling our young people that these are the most important years of your life. Elementary school, middle school, high school, stay focused, go to school, get an education, figure out what your purpose is. Don't waste time out here in these streets and with these females and with these guys. Come on, somebody. Figure out why you're here and then excel at that. He encouraged Titus this way, our second example. He said, likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, have good judgment. Smoking weed is poor judgment. Drinking alcohol is poor judgment. Going to strip clubs is poor judgment. Hanging out in the streets is poor judgment. And he said, in all things, show yourself to be a pattern. Another word for pattern there is a blueprint. So it's powerful when you can tell a young man or a young woman to not let the world influence them, but you influence the world and you show them the true pattern of what a young man or a young woman is supposed to be doing at your age. Don't let anybody get you off of that. Then we left off. Put Jeremiah 29 because this is so foundational for everything else that I'm going to say from this moment on. He must win at being single. If he loses at being single, it affects every other relationship in his life. This is prophecy, folks. People have told me over the years, I'm done with it. I actually shut my mouth for a little while. I'm done with that. I am going to yell it from the highest mountaintop. Put me on. I don't care where I'm at. I'm telling people the truth. Thus says the Lord of hosts. The God of Israel. Thus says the Lord of hosts is igniting you. Put the King James Version up there for me. It is showing you that this is prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is equal to the mind and counsel of God. It's speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. It is the way God sees this. And remember, God does not change. And I'm going to prove that to you today. So thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that I have carried away captive. He had been telling the children of Israel, if you continue to follow other gods, if you go against me, then I am going to cause you to go into captivity, be captured by your enemies, and you will spend 70 years in captivity. But because he's a gracious and merciful God, I mean, he's still going to give you a way to be successful even though you're in captivity. And so while they're in captivity, he says, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. And how many know sometimes we need to be slowed down in life? 
See, when we start getting too big for God and God can't tell us nothing anymore, come on, we're going to do it the way we want to do it anyway. We need to be slowed down in life. All right? Then watch this. Let's keep going. It says, talking specifically to men, build you houses. So when does a man become a man? When he no longer is dependent on his mother or his father and he has his own place to stay on his own. Period. Right? Build houses and dwell in them. The house needs to be livable. It's got to have more than an Xbox and a TV. Then he told the men to plant gardens. And in, in an agricultural society, how is he going to eat? Well, the garden represents his career, his occupation, or his job. So he needs to have a job that can support the house, that's livable. Then he told the men, eat the fruit of that. Every man needs a season of being successful on his own. And that season is middle school, high school, college, hello somebody, start a business, career, occupation, or job, detach from my parents, and then prove I can successfully live on my own, which means I can pay all the bills in the house and demonstrate I can save money. Because if he won't save money for himself, he will not save money for you. Then look at the wisdom here. It says, and then take wives. Didn't tell her to do the same thing, did it? No, he's supposed to take the wife, put her in the house that the two of them can live in. He has a career, he has a career occupation or job that can sustain them, and they eat the fruit of that. That is the prerequisite before you have children. We're just out here doing it all at the same time. Look what he says here. Then give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. Well, after that, and take wives for your sons. Take wives, then begat sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. Then look what he says here. That you may be increased there and not diminished. So he said while you're in captivity, if you follow this blueprint, you will increase in captivity. But look what else he said. If you don't, you'll be diminished. So what's happening to us? See, are we increasing or are we diminishing? And don't ignore that. Don't put your head in the sand and act like what your life is is not really what it is. Accept the truth of it and say, you know what? Regardless of where I'm at, I can still get this together. Come on, I need a better amen than that from, from somebody in here today. Regardless of where I'm at right now, this blueprint works regardless of my past decisions. And I can increase the moment I make the decision and decide that I want to increase. Now, you might say that's legalism, Pastor. You can't put that on everybody. It's the same blueprint that was in the garden, folks. He created their spirits in the same day, but Adam came first. And he took that man and he put him in the garden and he said, dress and keep it and name all that. What is that? A career, occupation, job. Name all the animals in it. Amen. Guard, protect it, provide for it. Right? Then he put him to sleep and brought a woman to him. The only thing he told the woman to do was help him. Well, she can't help you if you don't know what your purpose is, if you're not doing your purpose. Come on, she needs something to help. And this would tell you something, ladies. You can't help him do nothing. See, and if you think you're getting ready to change his life, think again. Because if he doesn't love himself enough to get his own life together, what makes you think he's going to love you more? I'm getting ready to show you all of this in the Bible today. We out here running around, we're making decisions, we're doing stuff that's against this blueprint and asking God to bless it. So what you've got to understand, folks, he's never going to bless what you're doing. You've got to do what he's blessing. Somebody ought to write that down right there because the blessing is already built into it. 
Now, let's keep going today, since you're all so excited about this. And you need to tell your young men and your young ladies this. There's no such thing as a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're teaching them to be immature. And you're allowing it in your house. This is my boyfriend. We're 16. What is that? It's not in the Bible. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Satan introduced that to society. Right? Because the moment you put a title on it, you feel like you've got to give them something. And then he learns game from that. All I got to do is tell her I love her, ask her to be my girlfriend, and she'll give me some. Don't cheapen yourself like that. Put that nugget up there. That, that a single man, a single man should provide an example of what it means to serve Christ and prepare for life. He must take that season serious. While you are single, take your life serious. Get your life together. What are you doing out here running around playing Xbox, Sony PlayStation, staying up late at night, and you have no education? You don't have good grades. What are you doing? Wake up and smell the coffee and get focused and get your life together. Take your single life serious. Because it's going to be the foundation for everything else that you do. Number two. As a husband, the blueprint, as a husband. Now, watch the progression of this information because it's going to take you right back to that foundation. If you want to understand who you married and who you're with today, you got to go back to how he prepared for himself. And don't expect him to be anything different than what he's always been. I need a better amen. If it wasn't a requirement on the front end, it shouldn't be one on the back end. Ephesians 5.25, letter A, love your wife. Let's talk about what this looks like. Love your wife. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Love your wife. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives. That word love there is agapeo, and he's talking about in the social and moral sense. If you'll study it out, you'll see it has a connection to phileo. And so he's affectionate with her publicly. Some commentary says that Jesus loved his bride so much that he had no shame publicly to demonstrate that love for her. So when you're talking about socially and morally, he doesn't deny her publicly. He doesn't deny her on his uh, Instagram, Facebook, and other social media sites. Come on, you should be able to go to his site and know that he is married and happily married. You shouldn't have to go looking for that. Let me keep searching down and see if it says married. It should be real clear as soon as you get there. Because he celebrates that publicly. He's publicly affectionate. He takes her out. He takes her places. There's no place in his life that she can't go. There should be a red flag when there are places that you are not welcome. And every aspect of his life, she should have access to. And morally, he is not an animal that he would ever cheat on his spouse. He will honor her. He will provide for her. He will protect her. And he will pray for her all the days of his life. So morally, he's going to be right. Remember, it's never who you are when you are with your spouse. It's who are you when you're not with them. Because that's really who you are. I hear all female amens right now but I'm really ministering to men. So the ladies can support it, but it's important that I hear the men out there. It's never who you are. And always remember this, man, if you don't have anyone else to tell you this, you're never getting away with that. It's catching up to you. And if you don't think God loves his little girl, you're sadly mistaken. If you think he's going to sit around and let you treat her that way, you are sadly mistaken. 
because she can't defend herself in most places, but he can. Morally, he's going to be right with his wife. That's what dogs do. They run through alleys and they look for people that are in heat. And they'll drop their seed anywhere. And after they drop that seed, that's not a model man. That's not a biblical man. I hope you see yourself as more valuable as just a garbage dump to some, for somebody to drop off seed that really doesn't care about you. We won't talk about this no more in church. That's why the church looks just like the world. Because some old scared pastor scared that the people are not going to show up no more. Don't show up no more. I'm still going to say the same. Come back next week. I'm going to say, I'm saying the same thing next week. Don't come to the building. Peek at it online. You will hear me standing up here saying the exact same thing the exact same way because I can't be brought. I don't have a price. I don't have to stand before you. I've got to stand before God. We need to tell our young people these truths. More importantly, we need to live it in front of them. Husbands, love your wives. Let's go to letter B. And he's going to tell you how here. As Christ loved the church. Kev might remember this. When I was coaching, I always came out with the three T's, the three P's. I always had three something, right? And so when you think about the responsibility of a husband, the three P's. He's going to pray for his wife, his family. He's going to protect his wife and family with his life. And he's going to provide for them. And that means something to him. Three Ps. What are they? Pray, protect, provide. As Christ loved the church. Look at verse 25 again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So Every man, every husband, every biblical role model, if he's following this blueprint, then he's going to do a study on exactly how Christ loved the church. And if you look at it, he became poor so that the church could be rich, which means he did what he had to do so his bride could be well. I need a better amen out here. He took sickness so that the church and the bride could walk in health. He went to hell so that we could have eternal life. So in other words, there was no sacrifice too great of our Savior if the end result was lifting up his bride. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Here's some more insight. And he gave himself up for her. He emptied himself out. Right? Which means when you get married, it is no longer about you. It is about the uplifting and the betterment of your wife. You exist to make her life better. She got married to be improved. Not go backwards. Hello, somebody. Which means wherever we're at, she drives the nicest car. She dressed the best. Come on, if anybody's got to go without, it'll never be with her. You take my food. Hello, somebody. And never ever is he going to put her in a situation. I'm going to show you this very clearly here in a moment. Never going to put her in a situation where if she don't, we can't. What I mean by that, if she quits working, we can't live. Those were real soft hand claps right there. <laughs> Extremely soft. That is, I'm going to show you this in a moment. That is an upside-down house. That house is out of order. 
Are you listening to me? The house is out of order that if she stops working, they cannot make it. Uh, you don't do anything drastic. You just keep working to turn that back up, the right, right side up. And, and listen, that must be a goal of yours, men. Thanks for that one long distance mail, amen. I heard you back there. You all want a little bit more of this today? All right, so, so let's say this now. As Christ loved the church, he gave himself up for her. All right? And so you've got to have order in every home. Put 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 up there, King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And nothing male chauvinistic about anything that I'm saying. It's just order in the kingdom. Right? You're strong. You're powerful. You're educated. My wife is all of that. But it's my responsibility. And I'm not letting that go. Period. Period. Ever. Watch this. It's got to be order. It's called biblical order. I'm going to show you why my wife has never presented the tithe and never will. She will never present that on behalf of our family because it's not her place. Even if she manages it, he still presents it. Period. Listen to me. If I, and you cannot have your head in the sand. If I ever found out if that was the way our situation was and she wasn't doing that, that's going to be a major problem in our house. It's going to be a major problem because you hurt the family. And what's worse is the head didn't even know it. It's an upside-down household. Everything has to have a head. We've got a business manager. He's not making no final decisions about no money around here. Only the priest makes those decisions. This is holy money. Hmm? It's never going to be a time when my head is in the sand. Okay, he's got it. No. He's not responsible for it. I am. Baby, you take care of that. No, never. What are we doing? Uh, she might be the better administrator, but I'm in that all the way. Right? And when it comes to that tithe, there's only one person presenting that. I don't have time to share it all with you. Let me give you some order. But I would have you to know the head of every man is what? Now, men, you'll make it easy for her to follow you if you follow Christ. And the head of the woman is what? All right, if you look that word head up, it's the leader, the ruler, the master, the chief, the one that's in charge. And the head of Christ is God. So he's showing you everyone is under somebody. All right, so when it comes to the tithe, this was a question that came in. And again, I'll talk, I just, I pulled it because I didn't think we were ready for it. But I'm going to give you a little bit of it. If you go back to the Old Testament in Leviticus when the tithes were, uh, when it was ordained, the only ones that could handle the tithes were the priests. They were the only ones, right? And so the tithes were brought to the priest. The priest presented it to God. God said a husband is a priest in his home. Now, if you're not married, you're a single female, that's different. You present it. Or a single mother, you present it. But if there's a husband in the house, he must be present. And he must lead, he must be the master, he must be the chief, he must be the ruler, especially financially. See, the ladies didn't say amen right there. So, so let's back up. Then don't marry one that you don't trust financially. See, all of this, you got to back up to understand where we're going. If it was never important to him, why do you think marriage is going to be important in the marriage? So, so let's, let's, let, me, let me unveil something for you. So if that part wasn't important to him, 
then having your body was more important than him preparing for you financially. So his priorities are out of order. So he was willing to marry you prematurely even though he wasn't prepared for you because he put your body as a higher priority than your needs. Everybody say, I love. I I can go deeper with this now. I'm just trying to give you what I believe you can handle. See, and then what you said was, my body will help get his life together. And you told on yourself, too. One good amen in this place. <laughs> Two good hallelujahs. <laughs> Things that make you go. <laughs> you all want a little bit more of this today? So everything that has to be ordered. Right? Jesus was the high priest to the church. So if you follow in the order, then the husband is the high priest to the wife. tithe is holy. It's supposed to be handled by the priest. She'll be here next service. I know every time I say something about, y'all look right over there. She might be watching. She has never, ever, ever presented that on behalf of our family. I wouldn't even call her from out of town and say, put it in. I won't do that. Because it's not her place. It's even worse, listen to me, men, if you don't know what's going on. It's worse. Time has gone by, wasn't going in, and you didn't even know about it. Why is it so quiet in here? Everybody okay? Nudge your neighbor right there. Just nudge him a little bit. Verse 26, that he might sanctify. See, his job is to set his wife apart. How does he do that? Cleanse her and wash her with the water of the word. Listen to me, single ladies. You better make sure the word is a priority in his life. I didn't say coming to church. It's a big difference. Is the word of God the final authority in his life? Because he cannot give you what he does not have. He has to receive it for himself first before he shares it with you. Sets her apart, and he cleanses her with the word. See, he benefits from that, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, glorious bride, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she may be holy and without blemish. It is your responsibility to keep your wife holy the entire marriage and without blemish. You want to get before the Father, and you want to be able to say, I took care of your daughter all the days of our marriage. So you don't want her out here angry and frustrated and can't stand men and and don't trust nobody because of the way you treated her. You want her holy, blameless, without blemish. Long as she's under your care, you take care of her amen. with your life. Amen. One amen from a male out there. <laughs> All right, let me just say this before we get to this other part. As your own body. Let's get there. 
as your own body. Let me say this. These young people today, because of all of these images, they get confused real easy. Right? And so it's, it's, it's frequent now. You know, my kids tell me all the time, their friends tell them, I, I think a female, I think I like females. You do. They do. Huh? It's a perversion. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Another male, I think I like males. Well, you can think differently. Same way you think that way, you can also think differently. I'm going to just tell you what that is, folks. I'm in love. No, you're not in love. You're in lust. New Testament, Romans chapter 1 says, When a man leaves the natural use of a woman and turns to a man, says that he burns in his lust. Didn't say he burns in love, did it? Said he burns in lust. When the woman moves away from the natural use of a man and turns towards a woman, she burns in her lust. That's the Bible. Now, you can get upset with me. I just quoted the Bible. And that's what I tell my children. That's not normal. That's the way I raise them. That's the way I bring them up. And I tell them nothing good will come out of that. And then I look at them again and I say, you wouldn't even exist if that was the right way. So stop. People are being selfish. They wouldn't even exist because two women will never make a baby and two men will never make a baby. That's what I tell my kids. And I tell them, you don't judge anybody. You love everyone. But you're not going to grow up in this house and not know the truth. It's called being a father. All right, since there is so much excitement in here, watch this now. As, you're, as you love your own body, listen to this, man. So husbands ought to love their own wives, their own wives, not somebody else's wife. Come on, somebody. Not somebody else's girlfriend. Hello, somebody. A husband is supposed to love his own wife. How? As his own body. But if he doesn't love his own body, how is he going to love you? One of the greatest ways that can be seen. Listen, because you're not going to hear this in church. You're not going to hear it. One of the greatest ways this, this can be seen is his desire to sleep with you prior to marriage. One of the highest degrees of, of low self-esteem and self-hatred you'll ever see. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Says, what know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, right? For you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, right? If you'll back up there a little further, he'll says, when you fornicate, you sin against your own body. That's the only one where you are hurting yourself. So watch this. If he's willing to hurt himself, why wouldn't he hurt you? See, if he has no revelation of that. I know it takes a little while for this to sink in. It's good stuff, though, isn't it? Hmm? He loves me. Not if he's sleeping with you and you all aren't married. That's not the God kind of love. Not a biblical man. Just don't look down. Just look up and keep looking at me. Because I love you all so much, I have to tell you the truth. We running around here in church. I'm going to say some of the strongest statements you ever hear in your life. You need to actually check your salvation. You can live with someone you're not married with, roll out of the bed on Sunday morning, come to church, hello somebody, worship, praise God, listen to the word of God, go right back, live in the same situation. Biblical man is not going to do that. Once he hears truth, truth will be the final authority. What he'll say, hey, we've been doing this wrong, but we're getting ready to stop it. 
Now, I still love you, but we got to do this the right way. Hello, somebody. Then it's going to be demonstrated in his actions because he's going to put you in a place of security and not a place of danger. Because he's going to love her as he loves himself. And most sane people won't do things to hurt themselves. Boy, this is good stuff right here. Let me just encourage myself for a moment. Pastor, this is man. Pastor's boy. Pastor, just, whoo, this is good right here, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor, for telling. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Watch this now. You all want a little bit more. I'm getting ready to pull out. I'm ready to stop here in a moment. This is my lovely bride just walked in too, just looking all good and precious. All right, watch this now. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife does what? So that means he's going to love his wife as he loves himself. Now let's go all the way back to the blueprint. If he didn't love himself enough to get his life together, see, now how's he going to get our life together? Because he just complicated the puzzle now. I couldn't do it for me. How am I going to do it for us? Right? And believe it or not, folks, in most cases, don't nobody get in condemnation here. The two of them get ready to have a baby. And you got to go all the way back. And you're going to see when we get to fathering, why he's so angry. Because I don't care who you are, a man needs to feel good about himself. He needs to feel good about his accomplishments. He needs to feel good about where he's at in life. And if every time he come in this house, it reminds him of what he's not, it angers him. Because when bills aren't paid, you know what's waiting on you as soon as you come in? A woman standing there with bills in her hand. Pointing the kids, telling you what the kids need. We out of milk. We out of cereal. We're out of, hello, somebody. All of that enrages her. But you got to go back. And then what does he want to do? He can't take it no more, so you got to get out of the environment. Only for somebody else to take him in. <laughs> and here goes the cycle. This might take me four weeks. Because I'm not getting no love right now. I'm not. Look at verse 29. No one ever hated his own flesh. Oh, let's get into this. But nourishes and cherishes. You look those two words up, the word nourish means to bring up to maturity. When your wife marries you, her life is supposed to get better. And she's supposed to be brought up to full maturity under your care. Which means all her gifts, talents, graces, anointings, and, and abilities gets developed under your leadership. You don't suppress those. You send her to school to get better at it. You create an environment so that she can excel in it. Right? See, my wife knows the moment, she just knows the order. But the moment she tells me it's in my heart to, to be a broker, to do, to do real estate, then go figure out how much it costs, we'll take care of that. She knows the only thing I'm going to say on the back end, just don't let it affect our marriage, don't let it affect your role as a mother. And I'll pay for whatever, as long as you show me you can excel at that and it doesn't interrupt our marriage, interrupt you as a mother, be the best that you can be at it. She's sitting right there, and it's interesting, as long as we kept the order, God blessed it, right or wrong. She never got a website, she, none of that. She never did any of that, just word of mouth. And she was the number one salesperson the first three years, and just, I can go on and on and on, all the accolades that, that came to her because the order stayed right. I'm talking about being ahead, right? 
right? But at no point, listen, let me drill it down even further. At no point did I make decisions about our lifestyle based off of the income that she brought in. And there were times that she tripled my income. But we only lived off of... Right? I'm just trying to help you. This is from day one. So every car that we drive is only in one name. Only one person responsible for those. I just walked in the house in a bank to get a pre-approval, right? Because it was our bank. They had all our information. They said, are you going to be putting anyone else on this? No. Why wouldn't you do that? Because if you add hers to it, you can qualify for more. I said, because it's not the way my house is set up. And I looked the lady right in her eye, and she just went, wow. I looked her right in her eye, and I said, because if my money can't afford it, then the house can't afford it. And that's the only way that's going to go. Of course, we can get bigger, better, all of that. But at the end of the day, I always want her to be in a position where if she says, I don't want to do this anymore, I will say to her, stay home. That's called leadership. Something going on with our kids, they need more attention, she's got to be there. Somebody's got to work, somebody's got to be at home. Right? And when we see the kids going south, one of us got to spend more time at home. Not drop them off to somebody else. Hello, somebody. They're our responsibility. See, no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it. He brings it up to maturity. So if you understand what that means, you've got to bring yourself up to maturity before you can bring somebody else up to maturity. So you see how, the, how this information is flowing? So if it was never important to you to get your life together, right, to go to school, get a good education, start a business, cre- create a career, occupation, or a job, get out of your parents' house, if none of that was important to you, get a car that works. Hello, somebody. Right? Live on your own, successfully pay all the bills, and demonstrate you can save money. You didn't never bring yourself to maturity. So you're going to see how this progresses. So he never brought himself to maturity. He can't bring his marriage to maturity. I promise you them two getting ready to have kids. Don't get in condemnation because it's never too late to get this right. Bring yourself up before you can bring somebody else up, before they can bring them up. Watch this, because his marriage is going to look just like him. Whatever level of maturity he's at, that's what that marriage is getting ready to look like. Kids going to look just like him. And you got to go all the way back to when he was single, out there hanging out, running the streets. Education wasn't important. And then you're going to change him. Ha. Look like I'm only going to get through one again today. (laughs) Come here, boy. Come here for a minute. Come here for a minute, man. Come here for a minute. Right here. You ever heard anything like this before? Yes, sir. Listen, man. Take it to heart. How old are you? 19 years old. You in school right now? How are your grades? Keep working hard, man. Don't get caught up. You got, you got nice wavy hair. You know dark skin back in now. Chocolate, chocolate brothers back in now. And you got to, you, are you in college? You on a campus somewhere? You got to learn how to stay focused. You, go, you went to college to get an education, right? You may not ever have another man to tell you that. That's why you're there. Let everybody else do all that stuff. And you focus on getting your life together. Okay? 
Stay away from You know, I, I can't say it publicly. Keep your zipper zipped up, man. That's what being a real young man is. Doesn't make you a man to sleep with as many women as you can. It makes you a man to keep yourself for the right one. And then honor her for the rest of your life. I love you, man. Stay strong. Okay? Stay strong. Right? I don't know his story. I don't know if there's a father in his life or not. But, but imagine if more of our young men had somebody telling them that. Anytime my son go out the house, I tell him that's somebody else's daughter. You better understand that. Just like your sister has a father, that young lady should have a father in her life. But if she don't, you're going to treat her with the utmost care and respect. Now let me find out different. Now when we get to raising kids, you teach them, you train them, and you trust them. The three T's. Coach Gregory. Right? You can't teach them and train them and then not give them an opportunity to see if they can be trusted. See, I don't know, is this your son right here? I don't know if he, that's your nephew? That's your son? I don't know if you ever had anybody tell you this, man. I love you. Don't even take this the wrong way. Take that hat off your head, man. You're in the house of God. Amen. I know you ain't get a chance to hook it up today, but, <laughs> but, but, but listen, you, listen, you still look good. You're still handsome, man. Right? Because it's not outside in. It's inside out. That's real strength. Be strong inside. See, all they need is father. And they, you know how it's, it's amazing to me how, how receptive they are to that. They want that. Stop being scared of your kids. All right, I just got to close. You all, how many of y'all glad you came today? Huh? Huh? Give you these last ones. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it and he cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Will the Lord ever do anything to, to, to hurt the church? All right, I, I sent somebody struggling with this, and I'm just going to close right here. Let me share it to you another way. Was Jesus just as much the son of God at age three? Yes. Was he just as much the son of God at age five? Yes. He was? Yes. Right? But his father still let him develop. Which means he didn't give his own son, Jesus, who was 100% God, the responsibility of the church until he matured. Right? And that age of maturity was 30. Listen, ladies, a male needs time. It's good stuff right here. So if God the Father had enough sense to let his own son mature before he gives him a bride, I'm not cooking no dinners for, for, for my 16-year-old daughter's boyfriend and everybody having dinner at my house. Let me tell you what that's going to turn into. Invite your friend over, and I'm going to make sure both of you all know the truth. Because <laughs> I'm not going to discourage you. You will turn your child away from you. I'm just going to keep pushing friendship. And then invite him over, but I'm going to make sure he knows too. Let me get this last one so I can close this section out. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3, 7. Seek to understand her and give her honor. You all have heard me say this one before, so I don't need to spend a lot of time. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, likewise, live with them, dwell with them according to understanding. Now, let me help you understand this, men. You will never understand a woman. 
that just was all, but it's the truth. Most of the time, when they are talking, you will go, go glassy-eyed. All these scared husbands in here. You know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> but watch this. But you got to understand her. And so I just told you something if you were listening. And the only way you can understand her then is by listening to her. And so since you are not her, take what she's telling you at face value. And just be what she needs you to be and trust her enough that what she's telling you is because it's going to better our situation even though you don't understand it. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? So my wife trains the whole household, right? So, so it's real simple, right? When you dirty a dish, you clean a dish. That's how it works in our house. You dirty it, you clean it, put it up. So nobody get upset when she comes down. <laughs> I always just say to my kids, you already knew that before she came in here. You already knew. Who left this dash? Come on, somebody out here know what I'm talking about. Put your shoes up. So that's how I help my kids. You all already knew this. And so I have mastered, I don't need to understand. I just need to do. Come on, I'm trying to keep you married for a long time. So when she calls, she give you that list, baby, I need you to, I don't even engage. I just write it down and go straight down that list. Because I'm going to get in trouble once I start asking, well, why do we need that? What's the first? Don't ask no questions. Just do. I'm going to stop right here. I'm out of time. Because huh? once I get going on that, it might take me four weeks. You, you all getting anything out of this? Come on, you, you, you know I'm telling the truth, right? You never understand it. So listen, stop engaging. Just do. Yes, baby. Yes, honey. Yes, dear. I got a wife up here on the front row. She's like, that's just wrong, Pastor. That's just wrong. But it's the truth, though, isn't it the truth? Let me ask your husband. Is that the truth? Right. Don't do something the way she said to do it. Almost like her head going a 360. I told you. So I don't like that. So because I don't want that, I just do. Let's lift our hands to the Father. We're just out of time in here today. Praise God. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but, man, let's all thank God for a moment that we're in an environment that's safe. Come on, where we can hear truth, right? We can grow by it. We can be the example and the model in the, in the earth that God has called and created us to be. And so now, while everyone is just in that attitude of prayer today, I don't know your story, I don't know your situation, but I know God and I know he loves you. And I know he wants to take you from where you're at right now to where you need to be if you'll be willing to allow him to. So if you're out here today, don't look at your past, only focus on your future. I don't care what you've done up to this point. It's irrelevant because you're getting ready to get an opportunity to have your slate cleaned. I didn't live a perfect life prior to the age of 22, but man, God certainly has perfected everything that concerns me since 22. 
And that was simply because I made the decision I'm getting ready to present to you today. So if you're out here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you today. It's not difficult. Just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God raised him from the grave. You can be born again today, and then today can be the first day of the rest of your life. You can get it right regardless of your age or what you've done or the mistakes that you've made. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I've gotten away from God. A lot of what I heard today is just a direction that I went in, but I thank God that he graced you to share with me truth that allows me to come back. So if you're here today and you want to come back to Christ, I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues, you want to learn more about that gift today, I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you here to linked up church, we're a good church but we're getting better. My wife and I, this staff, will pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed.